From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. If you've been feeling panicky in recent weeks about your 401k or other stock investments, you're not alone. With me via web conferencing to talk about managing those feelings is psychologist Brett Steenbarger. He's a clinical associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Upstate, who also works as a performance coach for hedge fund portfolio managers and traders, and he's the author of several books on trading psychology. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Steenbarger. Well, thanks for having me, Amber. Now, the pandemic has many of us worried about a lot of things, one of those things being financial security. Given what's happened with the stock market for people with 401ks or mutual funds, what, what would you say? I would say that this is a time of great uncertainty. And if people are feeling uncertain, if, if people have some anxiety around that, uh, I believe that's a rational response because we don't know the ultimate course of this viral outbreak. What happened is from uh, February forward, for about a month's period of time, we dropped 30 percent in major stock market averages, and we saw large drops in bonds as well. So the two asset classes that make up most investors' portfolios both dropped very quickly, very much. Now, since then, we've had a significant rally, and so people are wondering, should I take some profits should I hang in there? Is it just that we need to buckle up because of the ups and the downs? Because 30% is huge, right? 30% is really huge. And then we had roughly a 20% bounce in a matter of a couple of weeks after that, you know, responding to some better numbers with the virus and responding to some uh, programs to uh, put money in the economy and so forth. Uh, so it's the volatility that people are having trouble dealing with. Well, is there anything that we can learn about dealing with that volatility based on previous stock market downturns or, or crashes? Uh, yes. And I recently wrote a Forbes article on this very topic. What has happened when we've had volatile declines and then volatile rises is that the market tends to stay volatile. And in many cases, there are further losses ahead. And so people looking to protect their investments should look to be in, in safe places with important chunks of their money, so to speak. There are some investments that are much safer than others in this kind of volatile environment, and those may not return as much money, but they can help ensure a return of your money. And so if you work with someone to get your investments in, in what are deemed safer you know, investments, that should help you cope with the volatility? Well, it helps your portfolio cope with the volatility, and that can help people deal with the volatility. 
now, now people are dealing with two sources of uncertainty, right, Amber? We're, we're dealing with uncertainty about financial markets, but we're also dealing with the uncertainty of the virus situation itself. We don't know when a vaccine will be developed. We don't know when it will be safe once again to go outdoors and congregate and so forth. And so there's a lot of personal uncertainty on top of the financial uh, insecurity. And adding to people's fear about the stock market, a lot of people are furloughed from work or laid off from their job. You know, there's a lot of financial stuff happening all at once. Yes, yes. And And rules have been relaxed to allow people to access greater amounts of their retirement accounts without penalty if they need to draw on those savings. And so that is helpful. Uh, but what I can tell you that I have done in my accounts is make sure that the bulk of the money is very safe in investment-grade bonds, so bonds in entities that are financially strong, and a good amount of money is invested in bank certificates of deposit that are federally insured so that uh, the bulk of my money is insulated from the volatility of the stock market. Now, in terms of the uncertainty about the virus itself, which we we see started in Asia and Europe is dealing with it as well, the whole world is dealing with it, but are, are there things we can learn by watching the markets in Asia and Europe? Are they sort of, they've been ahead of us with, uh, the impact of the virus on their communities, is their stock market also ahead of ours? Uh, they, the markets have been moving relatively in concert, and, re- and very recently there have been, uh, there's been an up, uh, a, a concerning uptick in the number of cases in uh, some of the Asian uh, locations. Uh, so the Asian markets have been vulnerable just like ours and, and have been moving pretty similarly uh, to ours. Uh, and so we had the big drop together and we had the uh, recent bounce uh, together. All right. Well, you've written that the smartest money managers that you know are taking extra steps to maximize their energy and mindset. What are they doing specifically and how is it helping them? And and that really is one of the things I think can be most important to listeners. One is keep your savings in safe places so that your accounts aren't going through the volatility. And the second thing is we can't control the outcome of the virus, but there are things in our lives we can control. What the research in psychology teaches us is that if we have many sources of well-being, if we have happiness and fulfillment in our lives, if we're doing things that give us energy, then we can balance stresses in our lives so that those stresses don't become distresses. And so our lifestyle becomes important, doing things that bring us closer to people, doing things that give us energy, like working out, focusing on what we can control is one of the best ways of weathering this storm. 
You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with psychologist Brett Steenbarger about managing stress about financial security. Let me ask you for some advice on social distancing and how it's it's sort of turned our routines upside down. So many of us are working at home with kids doing school at home. What do we need to know about weathering this time? The the people I work with who have done best during this period of social distancing have become very good at connecting with people virtually. In other words, they don't allow the social distancing to create social isolation. They're actively reaching out. They're making use of teamwork. They're doing a lot of video chatting and meeting. So they're becoming creative with their teamwork but they're also reaching out to family and friends and keeping engaged in the social way. So that, and that takes effort. It takes effort and it takes a little bit of creativity, right? Uh, yes, uh, but the alternative of being isolated and being passive really contributes to lower energy, more discouragement, and can make it harder to uh, deal with the situation. So the other thing we're seeing, if I one one other idea is uh, relevant to listeners, is we're seeing much better teamwork at home, where you know both members of a couple may be working from home and the kids are at home, and so they have to really help each other out, taking care of the kids and taking care of the home and allowing each other to get their work done. A lot of coordination, a lot of teamwork. Uh, among couples. And when they work on that, it really pays off in terms of the environment and the family. Uh, do you, have you heard of people that are struggling with this in terms of, you know, not wanting to get out of bed, sort of the beginnings of depression, because there is so much uncertainty, it can be paralyzing. Do you, do you have any words of advice to kind of combat that? Yes, and, and that's a great question, Amber, and we're seeing it particularly with young people who have been laid off, who might be living alone, or older people who are living alone, and whatever social contacts they may have had are not there anymore, or whatever work they had is not there anymore, and so that can become very isolating and very depressing. And what we're seeing is that when we actively reach out, when those people make active attempts to reach out to others, they feel better. There was one person I was talking to recently who just made some active attempts to clean and reorganize their apartment and make their living space much nicer. It was something they could control amidst a larger situation that doesn't offer a lot of control, but they felt a lot better having done that. So setting up a project for yourself or projects, plural, um, gives you sort of something to get out of bed for, it sounds like. Great point. Uh, A project implies a goal. And whenever we do things that are goal-oriented, we're looking forward. Uh, we're, We're not static. And I would say that that includes projects that we might include others in. There's no reason we can't have team projects, family projects, that people living at home uh, together can have projects together, uh, shared projects. 
that can be meaningful. Uh, I'm working with uh, my youngest son, and one of our projects is we're learning trading together. We're learning about financial markets together. And it's a way of staying engaged. It's a way of learning about things. And, and who knows, maybe, maybe it'll be profitable as well. Good. Well, thank you so much to Brett Steenbarger, a psychologist from Upstate, who also works as a performance coach for hedge fund portfolio managers and traders. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.